In today's show, we're recapping all of Sunday's games, a bunch of news, an in-depth dive into Kevin Porter Jr., your cousin, Michael Bolton. He's here. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out PrizePix.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you to you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And we're available on all platforms. Only five games today, but that means we're going to Watfo, means we're going to uh, request elaboration on Kevin Porter, as I mentioned. Uh, and there's a lot of news to get to as well. So let's uh, go straight in and talk about that news. We had an update on Jar Morant's knee, I guess. I guess we're calling it an update. I wouldn't be too excited about what the news was. Um, the news was that Jar Morant will be a few weeks and that when he returns, he will be 100%. Cool. I don't, we don't know what the knee injury is. We don't know if it's an ACL sprain, an MCL sprain, a PCL sprain, an LCL sprain. I don't know, LCL is even in the knee. I don't know. A patella tendon strain. We've got no idea. Absolutely no idea. We don't know the severity. We don't know what the hell a few weeks means. Is a few three? Is a few 12? Is a few seven? I don't know. I have no idea. And the Grizzlies are legitimately the worst NBA team of providing clarity and solid timelines on injuries. They're the worst. We know Jaron Jackson, Mike Conley in the past, even Dylan Brooks this year. Dylan Brooks, oh, he's dealing with, I think it was a hamstring problem. Oh, guess what, guys? He's out for four weeks with a broken hand that we actually knew about for the last five weeks and we just decided not to tell you about. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. So who knows what this means? There is a consistent messaging about Morant that he will return this season, so I guess that's a positive. But does that mean he's back at Christmas or is he, he's back in March? I don't know. I, I just don't know. Um, his absence means Tyus Jones starts. If you need assists, you add him. Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, these are guys you, uh, uh, you add as well. Oh, I didn't mean to say Dylan Brooks there, but yes, you add Dylan Brooks. De'Anthony Melton, another guy that you can add in the absence of Jar Morant. Another situation that needs updating is DeMarcus Cousins is signing in Milwaukee. This is not good news for uh, Brook Lopez. Not that DeMarcus Cousins is replacing Brook Lopez, but it means Brook Lopez isn't healthy and is not returning, I would guess, anytime soon. Cousins is not. Let's get this straight. Write it down if you need to. Get a pen, open your notes app, whatever it is. DeMarcus Cousins is not an ad in eight-team leagues. He's not an ad in 10-team leagues. He's not an ad in 12-team leagues. He is not an ad in 14-team leagues. He is not an ad in 16-team leagues. Maybe, maybe you could convince me to add him in a in a 20-team uh, league or an 18-team league. DeMarcus Cousins is rooted. His legs are cooked. He's had multiple injuries, and he's also old now. I know there's a lot of great name recognitions with DeMarcus Cousins, but he is not coming in and he is not starting over Bobby Portis. Right? He just isn't. He will not be a rotation player if Brook Lopez is healthy. Last year, he played 17 minutes a night. And look, to be fair, he was pretty solid on a per-game basis. 173rd is all right. But, you know, 
He played 41 games, so he didn't play every night. That's the sort of issue you're going to have. If he gets 17 minutes a night, which maybe he does. Maybe he does. Maybe in a 16-team league, you use him. But that's it. All right, You're not adding in 12, and you're not adding in 14. That would be my advice on DeMarcus Cousins. John Wall, we had an update yesterday about John Wall. The Rockets are going to sit down. Maybe yesterday or two days ago, I don't remember. They were going to sit down and yeah, go through it and discuss his return to play. And the Rockets wanted to keep him in a smaller role. And John Wall came to the meeting and said, uh, kids, cover your ears. Oh, fuck off. Hey, fuck off. He's like, I'm the man. I, I want to be leading this team. I want to be playing the most minutes. I want to be starting. And I want to be getting like all of the ball. And they said, no, thank you. So he's not returning at any point soon. And if he does return, as I said on that show, which was maybe two days ago, last year he played 30 minutes with 32 usage. And that made him 108th on a per-game basis. That's not including missed games. And he wasn't going to get 30 minutes and he wasn't going to get 32 usage. So he wasn't going to be a top 100 player. And you know this indication or this, the result of this meeting would tell us that, that it's just got no chance of happening. So if you did add John Wall, drop him. Maybe he comes back at some point, but he's not coming back into a role large enough to um, facilitate what he needs or what he wants or what you want from a 12-team fantasy perspective. The Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG, stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. He constantly, uh, oh, Nick Nurse is going to be out a while. And then he kept getting listed as questionable. And then he was listed as questionable. You go, oh, maybe he's returning. And then the report was, actually, no, there is no timeline now again for OG. And Nurse said something along the lines of, oh, it's actually a bit of a worry. So I wouldn't expect to have OG at all for week seven. Um, don't drop OG, please. Do not drop the Jedi. Please don't drop OG on Anobi. We don't have... It is a hip pointer, which is like a bruise in the hip. That can be annoying. Obviously, it impacts your range of motion and speed and explosion and all that sort of bullshit. But I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be thinking this is a month long, months-long thing. Maybe it's another week. Maybe it's another two weeks. But there is no time frame. Uh, Jimmy Butler's popped up on the injury report as questionable. Keep an eye on that one. Goran Dragic is away from the Raptors for personal reasons. His personal reasons is he doesn't want to be in Toronto. He's out of the rotation. That's my guess. Apologies if there is actually something going on in Goran's family, and I hope everything's okay. But we heard the whispers at the start of the season. He came in, played like trash, was taken out of the rotation. And then I think basically they just said, look, what are you doing? Like, I'm not playing. Can I just go home? I'm like, all right, cool. That's how it feels to me. This changes nothing for fantasy because Goran Dragic was playing zero minutes a night. Zero. So it doesn't change their rotation at all. They're also dealing with an injury to Gary Trent with a, a calf issue. And his numbers have started to really start to decline. Still holding, but we'll see where that goes. And then lastly, uh, MRI results for the Hawks. Bogdan Bogdanovich with an ankle sprain. He's going to be out at least two weeks. Not great. With how he's playing and the fact that he's minimum two weeks away, I think he's a drop, Bogdan. And then Cam Reddish, who would have stepped into that role most likely, has a wrist injury, which... They've given a, an update, which means nothing. Oh, he's got a wrist sprain and he will his status will be updated after daily evaluations. All right, what the hell does that mean? You would think he's going to miss a couple of games, Cam Reddish, but I don't know how many. I would think, yeah, Kevin Herter obviously is a must roster with Hunter out. I think they probably start Solomon Hill. They probably give more minutes to Dillon Wright, more minutes to Lou Williams. I think there's an extra couple there for Gallinari. I wouldn't be you know tripping all over my own dick to go and add Gallinari in 12-10 leagues. Maybe you can try it, but... Yeah, he plays his minutes at the four, really. He doesn't really play much at the three, as much as yeah, Solomon Hill's more of four as well. Where they play him at the three. I think you get minutes for guys like maybe even Skylar Mays steps into the rotation. They've just called him up from the G League. So I'd expect him to get some rotation minutes there. But that is that is the latest news uh, from around the NBA. British might not miss any time at all, but 
you know, the update was completely, um, I don't know what the right word is, annoying in terms of not telling us anything about what's actually going on apart from he's got a wrist sprain. You'd think Memphis was giving out the injury details. I'm going to tell you now about Price Picks. Have you heard about it? It is Daily Fantasy Made Easy. It's the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Not like the other NBA DFS prop operators. Those guys don't have every player. These guys do. The bench guys and the superstars. It's very, very easy. Go to sign up. Use the code NBA. You get 100% match deposit up to 100 bucks. So that's a great start. And then when you set your lineup, you get two to five players. Pick their over-under. It's just you versus the predictions, whether it's points, threes, assists, rebounds, steals, blocks, fantasy points. Combine them all together. You can also do multi-sport entries. So throw different sports into one entry, and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee if that one does come true. So go and sign up either on the app or on the website. It's very easy to enter, and withdrawals are safe and fast as well. So go to pricepicks.com, use the promo code NBA, or download the app. Pricepicks is daily fantasy made easy. We're watching our sports in one place, live TV here, bang. We've got our uh, on-demand shows we watch somewhere else, bang. we got our highlights we watch on our phone, and then we borrow our mate's login for the other good stuff, whatever your favorite shows are. You can find it somewhere, but you've got to borrow it. It's all over the place, though. Where is this? Oh, what do I do here? What remote do I use? What device do I use? It's it's a schmozzle. It's a dog's breakfast, some might say. So I want to tell you about a great way to finally get your TV together, and that is Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand shows together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports shows and movies all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can find out more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. All right, let's elaborate on the big fella, your mate, cousin Kevin Porter Jr. Keeping it all in the family here with the old cuz. Um, it is safe to say that he's had a shit start to the year. Fair enough, right? I was going to look at his last two weeks numbers, but he's only played three games there. And... Those numbers have been improved, especially for points leagues. He's top 50 over the last over his last three games. But let's look at the last month where he's had, had 11 games. 33 minutes a night. He's 185th in category leagues. He's 78th in points leagues, averaging 30 points. Now, in a points league, I was probably drafting him in the 50 to 60 zone. So he's not that far off. Despite how bad he's been, he's not far off. In a category league, it's obviously been an absolute shit show of a disaster because he can't hit any shots. In these last 11 games, he's averaging 14 points with one and a half threes, five rebounds and six assists. That's pretty bloody good. The six assists has actually gone up a little bit lately as well. 1.3 steals, much better than what we've seen from him in the past, and 0.4 blocks. I know this sounds like I'm a Kevin Porter Jr. apologist, which I obviously am not. But this is where disaster really strikes. 36% from the field, 28% from three, and 61% from the free throw line. That is a true shooting of 45%, which... Honestly, he's just not even NBA caliber. It's that bad. This guy cannot shoot at all at the moment. Now, last season, his true shooting was at 53. Again, shitful, but not 45. So there is gigantic space for him to improve. I don't know why he's hitting his free throws so poorly. That could be 70%. Um, And the other numbers, they need to get better. Let's look at some other indicators here. He's third on this team in Raptor. I didn't expect you to see him that high. And he leads the team in wins above replacement using Raptor. Leads them. Number one in Raptor for Houston is actually Alperen Sengun. And he's tied with uh, Porter in, in uh, wins above, despite playing so many fewer minutes. But that, that's a discussion for another day. 
Porter is actually, yeah, when you compare him to what we're, whatever bullshit we're getting out of, say, Jalen Green, which has obviously been disastrous. Green is one of the worst five players in the NBA, according to Raptor. Yeah, Porter is putting up yeah, pretty solid numbers. The two guys ahead of him are KJ Martin and El Prenshengun, guys that I constantly talk about that should get more minutes. But Porter is actually holding his own, better than Tate, better than Wood, Gordon, Tice, Jalen Green. Not hard to be better than Jalen Green, who's wrapped as negative 10.9, which is obviously shocking. Um, he's fifth on this team at on-off with a really, really solid plus 0.95. So that's 78th percentile in the NBA. That accounts actually for 16 extra expected wins if you're yeah, playing at that level. His EPM is 56th percentile, so he's not as good there. Darko hates him though, which is really interesting in comparison to Raptor. He's 455th in Darko daily plus minus, and he's actually gotten worse. So he's 400th in Delta. So the way that it's dropped down this year has been really, really staggering. After that nice little surge at the start of last season, his numbers and his career trajectory trend have really started to head downwards. It's not just all about that though. What I want to talk about is, you know, is it because he's taking bad shots? Well, not really. Only 25% of his shots are mid-rangers. He gets to the rim, 35%. That's where his shots are, which is actually really high up there. He's taking um, yeah, 40% of his shots as threes. Despite not shooting particularly well, at least he's getting to the right spots. So what's the thing that stands out? Like, his mid-rangers are, are horrific. 24% he's hitting on his mids. That's so bad. He was at 38 last year. So there's gigantic room for improvement. He's only still hitting like 32% over the course of the season from three. Actually pretty solid. So the big thing I look at is the mid-rangers, maybe they go in. There's such a small percentage of things. But at the rim, he's at 55%. That is embarrassingly bad. But it also gives me a level of faith that he is going to improve because it's just very hard to be that terrible shooting from the rim when you're getting there at a good amount. I think at some point, it is going to improve. That's why I've just been like, I don't love Kevin Porter as a player. Everybody knows this. I do not think that he is a good NBA player or will ever become an all-star or sub-all-star level player. I could not be more clear about this. But I also don't think that these level of shooting percentages, especially that rim finishing number, which will boost his field goals, and even if he gets a 52 true shooting, it's a huge win. His assists have peaked over the last three games. He looks much better without Jalen Green. Now, how that works when those two are back. I hate that combo of those two, by the way. Hate it. Um... But there is some hope here for Porter to improve. Even though he is like the 180th ranked player this year. Oh, sorry, 100 uh, 163rd over the course of the year. Like, I'm not dropping him. The last two games, 18 and a half, 7 and 10 and a half. 41 and 57, including 39% from three. You know, it's not great, those percentages, but it's improving. And there's clear, clear numbers. That if he can get from 55 to 61 from the rim, if he can get his mid-rangers from 25 to 35, 35 is still bad but get to 35, then we're talking. And remember, percentages are a huge multiplier. They improve your field goal percentage and your points. So there is still some, some decent hope here for Kevin Porter. I bet you never thought you'd hear me coming in, in on a Kevin, Kevin Porter elaboration segment and talking him up. Again, I don't think he's good. I don't think he'll ever be good. I think he's highly overrated, but I know that he's better than this. Let's go to Watfo. Thanks to The Jukester. Not sure about... Your parents naming you the, but that's all right. With a name like Jukester, you can go either way, I guess. Um, will Will Barton? That's that's Will Will. That sounds bad. Will okay. What what are the odds that Will Barton finishes in the top seventy? Currently, Will Barton is the seventieth ranked player in category leagues on a per game basis. There is the possibility that Maga Porter Jr. doesn't return. 
there's then that can go two ways. That's an increase in usage for Barton, but it could also mean a decrease in efficiency for Barton. So this is a tough question. I've gone 30% that Barton finishes um, inside the top 70. What do you think? Drop it in the comments. Also drop me other Watfos that I can do the next time we do Watfo, which will be later this week. Shout out again to Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue for letting me use the Watfo segment on this show after they've been uh, doing it for the last year on their show. So thank you to those guys for uh, for letting me go ahead and do that. All right, let's go on to the game recaps. The Golden State Warriors. They just, uh, they just keep on going, don't they? They beat the Clippers comfortably in the end, 105 to 90. Steph had 33 points, seven threes, six assists, and six deals. This bloke is unbelievable. 63 fantasy points. Unbelievable. Jordy Poole was inefficient, 17 points, but hit four threes. He's just doing some nice stuff. Now, again, Clay's going to return. We all know that, but he's looking good. Draymond Green, eight points, seven assists, and two steals. While Gaz Payton, still Gary Payton, is rostered in leagues in 12s and 14s. Don't, please, but he's a good steal streamer. He had four of them here. Well, it was a stinker from Wiggins, who'd been playing well prior to this, but 12 points on 12 shots with uh, two of six from the line. He did have a steal on two blocks. They helped himself out there, but a poor shooting night. While Looney only played 14 minutes. And interestingly, Otto Porter played 26. Now, we have to look that there is no Iguodala. There was no Damian Lee. Um, and Clay again, will return and cut in. But this is old school Otto Porter. 18 and 10, three threes and two steals. These 26 minutes that he got was sort of what I expected him to do at the start of the season before they came in and played 22 minutes a night of Andre Iguodala and 15 minutes of Bielitz to really cut into Porter. Don't add him in 12-team leagues, Otto, but don't discount it. I would be all right looking at a 14-team ad for Otto. Again, there are factors here where I go, where Iguodala could impact this uh, and Thompson and Lee and all those guys, and it's probably true. But... This Otto Porter, right, is is key, and it could really give them a boost. So just watch that one, I think. For the Clippers, the Beatle, Paul George, 30 points. He'd been shooting poorly, but he got him up here. Three threes and five assists, while Bledsoe, man, the, I just don't know what to do. He's always, he's up and down. 33 minutes, 13 and 10 with two threes. Like, that's 12-teamable. He had 27 fantasy points. Like, he's on the fringes. He's just probably going to be one of those blokes that you keep in, you, you drop your ad, you drop your ad, rather than a must roster. Marcus Morris played 34 minutes, and while the production's not great, 13 points on 13 shots, the fact that he played 34 minutes and had five assists on a uh, after coming back from that knee issue is encouraging. 12-team points add, 14-team category, I would guess. Terrence Mann, you don't need to hold him in 12-team leagues. Not sure why people are outside of streaming for today, 8-5 and five in 26 minutes. While it was one of the worst games you'll ever see from Reggie Jackson. Zero points in 21 minutes on 0-5 shooting. Don't worry too much about that. But do worry about if it's a Zubats. 21 minutes, 8-8, eight and eight, because they're running a three-center rotation. Just quickly, Serge Ibaka, don't hold him. Don't 12-team him. Don't 14-team league him. Hartenstein was great, but he's just not going to get enough minutes. 12 minutes, 6-5 and five to steal two blocks. He's one of the NBA's best rim protectors. He's one of the best fantasy players on a permanent basis. But if they're going to run three centers, not including Morris and Batum, which might be five centers at times, there's just not enough playing time there. And I think that it's going to turn into a droppable scenario for Ivica Zubats. His minutes since Ibaka's been back, he's like, instead of 27, he's getting 23. And those three center rotations plus Morris, it's really going to be a challenge for him to get enough playing time to remain must roster. Stinker for the Duck, Luke Kennard, five points in 34 minutes. But yeah, I think with players returning to action now uh, for the Clippers, um, and Batum's still got to come back, it's hard to look at Kennard as more than just like a 14-team league stream option. <clears throat> Cyber Monday, it's here. Monday only. Here we go. Bang. You get 20% off at Built Bar. Do you know that? Built.com, 20% off by using our code LOCKED20. 
I'm not even reading this uh, copy they've given me because I'm just so excited. Little Bobby's over here in my ear telling me that he wants one of their new new uh, new items. He wants because he saw it. Little Bobby read it and he went, "Dad, is that cheesies?" I went, "It's close to cheesies, but it's white chocolate cheesecake built bar puff." So I guess it's probably healthier for you than a cheesy. So let's get a white white chocolate cheesecake. The best white chocolate is the sec. Actually, it's the second best flavor. Second best chocolate flavor after ruby chocolate, which they've also got it built. They've also got another new flavor, Caramel Almond Delight. It delivers everything it promises. Caramelized chocolate. Pew. Almonds. Pew, pew. Delightful. Ah, oh, yeah. Super delightful. 150 calories and 17 grams of protein. So, go to built.com. It is the season to, season to save and to give the gift of Built Bar. Why not? So go to built.com, use our code LOCK20 and save 20% off your order. You know that football's going. College football, we're heading into bowl season. The NBA is going and there's so many different things that you can bet on. And why don't you do it at BetOnline, the number one spot to place all of your bets. With a new updated desktop and their cool mobile site, you can sign up using the promo code LOCKEDON and you can get a 50% welcome bonus. That's pretty sick. So not just football, not just basketball, but college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, all of those things there, plus your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait and take advantage of all the offers they have for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. And we're going to start, we're not going to start, we're going to continue to look at the next game on the day. It was the Milwaukee Bucks smashing the Pacers. The Pacers are just so hard to predict. They're all over the shop. They'll have a big win here, a big 30-point upset of the Bulls, and they get beaten by 20 at home against the Pacers. It is just absolutely all over the shop with this team. Milwaukee wins 118-100. Drew Holiday, 23-7-9. A lot of panicking about him. I reckon you're okay. I reckon he's good. Simple as that. Well, Giannis had 26-13 and 13 with a block. Unfortunately, just 6-10 of 10 from the line. But now that Drew Holiday is looking all right, there is some panic coming for Chris Middleton. 14, 5, and 5 with two steals. Don't panic. He's fine. Bit of a buy low, in fact. Well, Punchbob had 15 and 6 in 26 minutes. Paddy Connaughton, another 14 and 7 night. Solid 12-team league guy. While I think we've got a Jack Armstrong, um, Grayson Allen. Get that garbage out of here! Didn't mention this earlier, but you got a Jack Armstrong, Brook Lopez as well. Get that garbage out of here! Just absolutely no reason to hold. 29 minutes from George Hill is a lot. 13 and 6 with two steals. And Milwaukee, if you're listening, and I know you're not, can we have an update on DiVincenzo, please? Like something? Can you tell us something about it? Just t- mention his name. Someone just say Dante. Just D. Just give me the D. Giggity. Just something. Just a little a little mention of DiVincenzo. It'd be great. Onto the paces. Levert looks a bit better. He shot 69%. Giggity. For 23 points in 27 minutes. But yeah, Rick Carlisle, when there's frustrating situations like this, he benches blokes. And Sabonis played 22 minutes. He had four points on 13%. Shit house. Miles Turner had two points on 25% in 23 minutes. Shit house. Um, Sabonis obviously been a huge disappointment this season. He is the 31st ranked player, 57th over the last two weeks. Well, Turner's been just completely up and down. He's now 39th, but it is really on the back of blocks. And so much up and downness with what he does. Good game from Duarte. Helped, I guess, by the three steals. Don't add him in 12s. While Brogdon still played 34 minutes and had 16 points and two threes. And Timothy John had uh, just the one assist and zero steals. I do not believe that McConnell is a must-roster player. Others will disagree with me, and that is totally fine. And you're welcome to view it however you like on your team. I just know that if I... This is how I like to look at this stuff. If I head to a waiver wire and TJ McConnell's sitting there, I don't go, oh my God, look at this. I found gold. I've got to add this bloke. Okay. 
oh, all right, makes sense. Like, it's fine. If I can add him, I can use him, whatever. That's how I view it. You might view it differently because you're super, super locked in on assists and steals, which is literally all he brings. But the minutes are never coming back for where they were last year, in my opinion. And he's just... I don't think he's a good NBA player. I just don't... Like, he hustles, sure. But he just fucks everything up offensively when he has the ball because he's just so... If you have to build an offense around TJ McConnell and you don't build an offense around TJ McConnell. That is really how he has to work. And uh, yeah, it's just not going to happen all that often. Let's go to the next game. And all right. All right, let's go. Now, I've got some things to say about this Sacramento team. Not team, organization. A couple of things. I talked about it when they fired Luke Walton. It was I'm on a fire up, I reckon, here. So kids, this is just a blanket ears warning. They fought, when they fired Luke Walton, I said, it was absolutely like, it was absolute stupidity. The, um, and I just realized that I've got a bloody, the wrong thing on the screen. Let me just go adjust that. So yeah, let's, now that I've adjusted my screen. Um, firing Luke Walton was was two years overdue and was ridiculous to do it at this time and you could have done it in the preseason. But you know, getting rid of him is the right choice in the end, just the timing of it's ridiculous. But Alvin Gentry is not a good NBA head coach. But he's put in a terrible situation with this team, but he's not a good NBA head coach. And the fact that you waited to fire Walton puts you in a position where you've just got to elevate that guy who's got experience into that job halfway through a season, which is a terrible scenario for anyone, really. All right, so that's number one. Uh, number two, I don't know what the roster construction was on this team. Let's just get six centers. Where are our forwards? And now, yeah, Barnes and Harkless are out. So they've got no forwards at all. We're going to draft multiple point guards. Why? What's the point? Small point guards at number nine, like Davion Mitchell. Like, I know you can love how hustly he is on defense, but it was a ridiculous pick by Monty McNair. You didn't need to do that unless your intention is trading De'Aaron Fox, which maybe it is, and maybe it should be. The stars on this team, well, actually, back to Mitchell, like, who could you have picked? Shangun? Maybe? Maybe? Um, but that would have yeah, gone against your, we must get seven free, uh, seven center free agents to come in. But yeah, there, there's just so many other directions they could have gone there that wasn't Davion Mitchell. Um, so that that's another issue there. And then these players, these stars on this team, they're not as good as they think they are. Buddy Heald thinks he's king shit. He's not. De'Aaron Fox, I don't really know what to say about De'Aaron Fox. I don't know if he's as good as he thinks he is. I don't think Tyrese Halliburton can be a number one point guard sort of play. He's a connector piece. But he also needs the ball in his hands to work. So how do you mesh that with Darren Fox, who can't play off ball at all? The whole... T- and, and then, they don't defend. They haven't defended for years. They do not give a fuck about defending. And once Holmes is out, forget it. This team is was an absolute shit show. Holmes is their best player, followed by Barnes, I reckon. At this point this season, I don't know what their you know, advanced stats would tell me, but just from the good old eye test, they're the best players on this team. And when they're out, you're in real trouble. It's just a disaster. So you can't really get much out of this because the starters were benched about four minutes into the second half. Davio Mitchell ended with 31 minutes. He had six assists. That's nice. But again, the starters were benched. With Harkless, Holmes, and Barnes out, Shemezi Metu started. He pulled in 11 boards in 23 minutes, but he shot 18%. Could he be, become an option? Maybe. I don't know. First game, Gentry said, all right, Chemezi, you were starting, but fuck you. You're not starting anymore. We're going to start old Mo Harkless and his dust bones. And then your yeah, Harkless gets hurt. Oh, shock. What a shock that is. And Metu's in, in, back into the starting lineup. Marvin Bagley's trash. Sorry, he's trash. 
This is what we talk, I talked about the other day. Like, he played 18 minutes before triple overtime. This game, with everyone out, he played 19 minutes. And he had five and four in 19 minutes. He's bad. He's really bad. He has min- minus 14 in 19 minutes. Halliburton had five points in 20 minutes. Len played seven minutes. He was outplayed by Damian Jones. And if your name is ever associated with a phrase that says outplayed by Damian Jones, you're cooked. Tristan Thompson does nothing. Buddy Heald had 14 points on 29%. Terrence Davis started and got hurt. This team's fucked. Like, the, play Lou King, man. Lou King's good. I like Lou King. 12 points in 21 minutes. He's a forward-sized player. Start this bloke. King, Barnes, let's go. That is your three and four, I think, what you should do. But will they have the balls to do it? To yeah, you know, with guys like Harkless or guys like Bagley or the or reduce heels minutes or whatever they're doing. You, the only thing I look at this from a fantasy perspective is my thoughts on not adding Marvin Bagley were spot on. In a, in a points league, if you want to add him, I don't really care. He's shit house and the minutes weren't there, so drop right. Uh, add him, but drop him. Right? If, if you added him, it wasn't wrong in a points league. In a category league, it was absolutely the wrong move in twelve team leagues. Um, the only positive I look at this is go, I think Luke King can be a player. I think he can be a solid player. And if you're in a deep league, just watch. Just watch to see where it goes and, and see how they play him. But otherwise, it's it's gross. Now, after a game like this, you can still buy low on Halliburton. You can buy low on Fox. Because this was shocking. Doesn't mean I think things are going well there. On to the Grizzlies. We talked earlier about them, how we don't know anything really about Morant, apart from it's a few weeks. But Desmond Bain played 26 minutes, had 18 points with four threes. He was the secondary point guard, apparently. Had just two assists. That's great. Um, obviously a must roster. Well, Dylan Brooks, you're going to be shocked to know that he had 21 points in 21 minutes on 17 shots and led the team with 35% usage. He's just going to do that. The shots went in today. You can't really fault him. While Steven Adams had 12 rebounds and three blocks in just 21 minutes. But again, like the other side of the ball, the minutes were down because it was a blowout. Just 22 minutes for Triple J, 18 minutes, 14 points for Melton. He's a 12-team ad. Um, Tyus Jones had eight assists in 24 minutes. He's a 12-team ad if you need assists. Like if I had TJ McConnell, I'd add Jones over him, no problem. Like that's where you're going to get these bulk assists with a solid 30-minute roll on most nights until Morant comes back. Brandon Clark's looking at 14-team value, 15-6 and six in his 16 minutes. He, I thought he was pretty impressive, but it's very hard to get too much out of that game just considering how much it was a disaster from basically the beginning of the second half. Let's look at the next one. It is the Boston Celtics beating the Raptors. You want to talk about coaches being pissed. Like two minutes into this game, Scotty Barnes got dragged. For turnovers. We'll talk about their rotation in a second. Still no Rob Williams, and there was no Dennis Schroeder today for Boston. So Marcus Smart's on a real, real hot run. 21-8-6. Now, you're probably going to have no chance at being able to do this, but it is a bit of a sell high for Smart. But he's also doing things that I sort of expected him to do a little bit more of this season. So just after a rough start, he's looking all right. 81st ranked player. Horford, good to see a nice game from him. 17-11. Well, very impressed with Grant Williams. Top 100 over the last two weeks. Minutes are up with absences from Horford and from Rob Williams. 15 and 5 with three threes. He's shooting the lights out. He's at least a 14-team short-term guy, maybe even 12, maybe. Joshie Richardson stepped out with Schroeder out, 18 points in 27 minutes. Don't get sucked into that for 12-teamers, but the fact that he played that well indicates to me that I think Schroeder will become a 12-team drop. Not yet, but he will. If you want to talk shocking, 13% shooting for Jason Tatum. He did have seven rebounds and 10 assists, but eight points on 16 shots is unfathomably bad. It's horrifically bad. He is still the 35th ranked player this year and 25th over the last two weeks despite this performance. Jalen had 16 points in 27 minutes. JB, you've done it again. 
while Ennis Freedom had nine points in 22 minutes with 10 boards. Of course, that is because Rob Williams is out that he is in the rotation. For the Raptors, talked about Barnes. He had two turnovers in the first two minutes. He was yanked. I was going to say yanked off, which would have been funnier. Giggity! Um, but still played 37 minutes. 21 points, four threes, seven rebounds, two steals and a block. Great line. But remember, no Ananobi, no Trent, no Birch. And all those things do have an impact on all these players. Van Vliet, 40 minutes, 27 and six, five threes. Uh, he's awesome. He's the 13th ranked player. I worry about his knees exploding and imploding at the same time. Um, so maybe it's a sell high. But remember, this is a first round type player. Sfima Luke, 12 and eight in 38 minutes, two steals and a block. If you want some short-term value while Trent is out, Svi is a 14-team league option. Siakam had 18-7-5. All the big sneeze, Precious Achua, he went out and he was watching a lot of tape of Andre Drummond. He thought, how can I be a big man, a center, and have the worst possible field goal percentage? I know, I'll watch the big avocado. So here we go. Six points on 27% shooting for Precious with nine rebounds. Um, he's not even sniffing the asshole of a 12-team league at the moment. He is a deeper league guy who is being benefited from the absences of a bunch of players who will go back to 20 minutes a night. And you want to give me the biggest ever... Oh, this is going to be a double. It's going to be a Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! And a Logan Roy. Oh, fuck off. Hey, fuck off. Chris Boucher. People are still holding this bloke. Give it up, man. It's, it's not happening. It, it's just not. I don't know what world you're living in. It's not happening. Please. I'll just recycle something I think I said from week two. Just get rid of him. You free yourself of the stresses. Chris Boucher is, yeah, struggling. Didn't even play in this game. Malachi Flynn got 15 minutes with Trent out. Eight points, three assists. In deeper leagues with Trent sideline helpful. Not Dragic with Trent out. That's the that's the benefit there for Malachi Flynn. But interesting, only uh, Delano Banton only playing three minutes. Well, Justin Champagny. I think Champagny is not a bad player. Two points in seven minutes. He's been relatively impressive in his time so far um, that I've seen him. But granted, most of that has been garbage time. All right, so that's uh, that's that game. Let's um, let's get ready for the next one. All right, so the Pistons and the Lakers. Of course, the Lakers have to make hard work of everything. Apparently, uh, they make hard work of this one by ending up uh, winners one oh one ten to one oh six over the Pistons. This was, of course, the rematch of LeBron and Isaiah Stewart, and predictably, literally nothing happened. Nothing. Um, I tell. Well, actually, that's not true. I tell you what did happen. Alf Stewart was shit house. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. I'm so annoyed at myself with Stewart for you know, projecting him to go. He could be drafted in like the 60s or 70s. Because I don't like him as a player. I didn't like him as a draft pick. I didn't like him as a future centerpiece. He's just bad. Like, I just don't... He's not good. And I sort of you know, convinced myself by seeing that little run of him playing 31 minutes a night as a starter last year and putting up okay numbers... And I was like, all right, maybe he can be like a 12 and 7 player with 1.5 blocks and 60% field goals. You know, that, that's good enough. Run on centers happens, you take him there. No, no, he, he's just bad. Um, he's bad. Like, he just is. Simple as that. Uh, I think in a 10 team league, you can drop him. In a 12, I will hold in a 12. But holy shit, man, it is going in the wrong direction quickly. Jeremy Grant had 32 points on 55% shooting. This is the biggest sell high you'll ever see. He cannot keep that efficiency up. He's still taking way too many shots, but this team is just horrible. I don't think it's constructed particularly well, and they're playing terribly, and they're poorly coached. Cade, again, shot poorly, 15 points, 11 rebounds. While Trey Lyle is probably their best player, weirdly enough. 13 points in... Actually, true. Jeremy Grant was 17, uh, 13 points in 17 minutes, 
for Lyles. He played really well coming off the bench. Frank Jackson got hot, played 28 minutes, was in their small closing lineup, had 17 points with three threes, also five assists, which is basically not only a career high, but it's almost a career total for Frank Jackson. He can be a streaming option when you're looking for points and threes. The depressed penis. The three steals and the 11 rebounds are nice, but man, he's just bad. Like I, I don't, He's also bad. Like I don't think he is... He's trying to do too much that isn't his, his role. He needs to just stop doing that. I don't know if he ever will. In a 10-team league, get rid of him. In a 12, I think it's real close to being droppable for Sadiq Bay as well. Hamadou Diallo had 10 points while Killian Hayes returned. Encouragingly, and to give Casey credit, he played 29 minutes in his first game back. Had eight assists. That's what he is. He's an assist guy. He often gets steals as well. While Corey Joseph went back to 19 minutes and had two points, which is, yeah, cool. On to the Lakers, LeBron, 33 points, 9 assists, 2 steals and a block. Excellent. Anthony Davis, 24 and 10 with 2 steals and 3 blocks. Really, really good. Westbrook had 25, 6 and 9 on 63% shooting. Excellent. Unfortunately, all those guys sucked from the free throw line, but good numbers otherwise. They started DeAndre Jordan again. Cool. They didn't even play Dwight Howard a single second, which is just unbelievable. Um, but Jordan had two steals and two blocks. This is probably going to make Frank Vogel keep him in the rotation. Don't do anything with this. There's no need to add DeAndre Jordan or anything like that. Horton Tucker, 12-8-4, one of his better recent games, but leave that for deep performance. Well, Malik Monk, who had been playing well, did not play well, had two points. This is the problem with Monk is his inconsistency. Little, He's not like a must-roster guy at all. Uh, maybe a 14-team league option. That's probably about where we sit. While well, Mallow, you can obviously drop him. Zero points in 20 minutes, and Avery Bradley continues to be Horrid. He's that bad. He should be playing for Detroit. Zero points on 0 of 5 shooting for Avery Bradley. Let's take a look at the li- the lines of the night. Now, the monstrous line of the night goes to Steph Curry. The waiver wire line of the night goes to Grant Williams. The young gun of the night is Scotty Barnes. And the dud of the night, I tell a man's not hot. of course, it's Reggie Jackson. The top 10 players in fantasy for today. Steph was at one, LeBron at two, Anthony Davis, three, Van Vliet, four, then Drew Holiday, Jeremy Grant, Marcus Smart, Scotty Barnes, Paul George, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. For deeper formats, um, also not deeper formats, these are just the guys who are rostered in under 50% of leagues. Grant Williams, Trey Lyles, yeah, good gummers from those guys, but not adding in 12s. Uh, Joshie Richardson, don't add there, but you know, just watch that one. Otto Porter, we're watching it as well. George Hill, Ennis Freedom, DeAndre Jordan, Sfima Luke. Mihailuk might be a 12-team short-term streamer. Davion Mitchell and Taylor Horton Tucker. Most of those are just 14-team league guys. And then in points leagues, we're looking at Steph at number one, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Russell Westbrook, Giannis, Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, Otto Porter, and Dylan Brooks. Guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're on YouTube, give me a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.